Welcome to Moon Harbor Heroes. Today's issue is Cataclysm Crew, issue 76, Prophecy Girl. On the cover, flyby floats above Moon Harbor. Below her, several familiar faces look at her from illuminated windows. Calvin, Veronica, Justin, Dr. Develine, Delilah, etc. Her eyes are closed and she is lost in thought. We turn the page and our story begins. And we're going to cut back to, I think we're going to stick with Amber and Anarchist for a moment. And Anarchist turns and looks at you and like she, there's a little bit of relief on her face before she turns around because she didn't walk into a closet. It is in fact a room with enough space, but she turns and she looks at you and she's like, so how have things been? Good. How are you? I mean, if I'm being honest, little annoyed. Uh-huh. Look, now that the whole saber situation is done and kudos, that was actually pretty well done. We have to talk about the suit. What about it? You and I both know it doesn't belong to you. It does. Dante said I could have it. Yeah, to take down Saber, which you did. Well, he hasn't come saying anything about it not belonging to me anymore and it belonging to you. Yeah, because he's a good person and wouldn't want to take something away from you. But like, don't you already have enough legacies? Do you really need to take mine as well? I mean, would you do a better job than me? You yell at a camera. Do you... Do you do anything? She looks at you and she's like, do I do anything? I've been training in martial arts since I was three. Do I have powers? No, but I managed to help you with your revolution despite not having any. Let's see, do I do anything? Did I help spread the word across an entire city about Saber? So when you took them down, you didn't look like villains. Do I do anything? Huh? Okay, don't try to paint don't try to paint me as if I don't as if I don't think having not having powers is bad. You literally all you do is talk to a camera and we appreciate the help with the saber takedown, but like being effective is important. I've never seen you fight once. Fine. Then let's do it. Then I'll fucking decker. And I think we're with that, we're gonna cut away and cut over to Max and Clara. Max, Clara, you all are on your way to... Are you going to uh, Monarch Power first, or are you going to get smoothies first and then go to Monarch Power? I think the plan is to pick them up for everyone on the way back. Yeah, that was going to say, like, don't let them melt, you guys. <laughs> I think if Ben were here, he'd tell us, don't let the smoothies melt. Yeah, that sounds about right. So have you talked to my uncle since we found out everything? I have not. In the sense that I have avoided him very um, adeptly. Ah, but like what we found out was a was a lot, and think as much as I don't like talking to him, we should probably figure it out. Or hear me out. We could just slip in and out. You know, drop off the password, write it down on a card, put it in a locked box, and leave it on the doorstep like a baby. Right. All right. So that was a nine. So uh, carrot or the stick, I see. A carrot. Add a team if we, if you do it. Uh, okay. I definitely want to leave Clara the out. Like, I don't think Max would continue pushing it. Uh, Clara just sighs and groans and then says, okay. I can be there with you if you need. I'm here for you. And so is Squire. Hey, Max, can you roll comfort and support for me? That is also a nine. Wait, unless Squire goes ahead and hugs Clara's leg at that point and gives me the plus one. Squire absolutely does that. So that is a 10. So uh, if Clara opens up here, 
Uh, she can mark potential, clear condition, or shift labels. And on a 10 plus, uh, Max, you can add a team to the pool or clear condition yourself. I am no longer afraid. Perfect. So Clara, it is up to you if you open up here. I don't. I think that uh, Clara like does that thing where she like bumps shoulders with Max. I, I don't. I don't think she can. Like I don't think she she knows how to open up about what about this. Max just kind of smiles a bit, bumps shoulders back, and goes, "Come on, let's get drop off that password." All right. Yeah. Let's do it. And with that, I think we get a panel of the two of you in front of the doors of Monarch Power. And with that, we're going to cut over to Lucy and Ben. You all have just arrived at the school, at the library. What are you two up to? I think that Lucy probably tries to find them a space at a computer terminal where they can just sit down and just start searching because I I don't know if there's going to be anything in the physical collections that will help answer their question. But the if there were the catalog and like, an internet search is going to be the first place to look. Would Lucy be offended if I went to one of the librarians to ask for help first? No, I, that's okay. dividing and conquering. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go up to one of the librarians in order to ask about, um, well, am I asking for myself or am I asking for Lucy right now? Or could we just kind of like put a blanket ask out there for like uh, any anything about the occult and souls, I guess? Then we could probably both find something at the same time, right? Yeah, I mean, you ask whatever you want at the reference desk. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to the reference desk to ask. Perfect. There's like a 22-ish year old grad student there, uh, and she looks up and she's like, "Oh, um, I, uh, sorry, we're between terms, so I'm surprised to see someone here. Hi, what can I do for you?" Hey, uh, I was wondering. Uh, I'm doing a an essay. Is that what college people call it? Uh, an essay about um. Uh, prophecies and souls uh, that have to do with the occult. And I was wondering if there's a specific, I mean, like section or professor that I could reach out to about this. Uh, well, um, unfortunately, in terms of professors who are the most directly related to demonology, our uh, resident expert actually just passed away a few months ago. Um, it was a really tragic accident. But uh, we do have a professor in the super heroics department who covers the occult who's like filling in as we're hiring someone um you can yeah. reach out to uh dr francine Devlin if you'd like yeah sure uh is there like a like an email or like a card that i can grab for her uh yeah let me go ahead and um and she notices that you have uh like the walking stick and she's like would it be easier if i just told it to you and you could take it down however you need rather than me writing it down uh, yeah, that's okay, but you can also write it down, too. I have my friend Lucy here with me, so don't worry about that. She grins, and she's like, oh, I love Lucy. Oh, you know her. I mean, you're doing research on something related to superheroics, and I, I assume it's probably the same Lucy. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. I um, I didn't even catch your name. Oh, hi. Uh, yes, I'm Mariah, and she offers her hand out. Oh, nice to meet you. But um, I don't take your hand, because you don't see it. She taps her hand on the um, counter. And she's like, I'm offering a handshake uh, about 10 degrees up from your left hand there. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I have to to ask, do you have somebody blind in your family? Uh, my brother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's so that's wow. That's two things we have in common, Lucy and your brother. I, I suppose so. You know, if you want to figure out three or more things we have in common, I do have time maybe tonight to grab dinner. She smiles and she's like, I... I'm very flattered, but I think my girlfriend might be a little bit upset about that. Oof. Yeah, no, I get that. 
That said, well, um, <laughs> if you do need help with this essay that you're writing in between semesters at a college, um, I'm here all day. Feel free to come find me. Sure. And um, yeah, thank you for not pointing out that this was not conspicuous at all. I would never point that out. And he kind of like gives like a grin and all that and he, and he walks away. And you meet up with Lucy. Lucy, because it is between semesters, like all the computer terminals are open, which never happens. And you've sat down to do some research and I want you to go ahead and roll and assess the situation for me. That is a 10. All right. So on a, on a 10 plus, you can ask two. Figure out how to make these questions appropriate for not combat. I mean, like, what here is the biggest threat or, like, what here is in the greatest danger? Those could all be applied to, like, the bigger situation of the prophecy as a whole. Because my first question was going to be, what's the biggest threat? Perfect. Can you save that for your second question? Sure. That's ominous. Okay. Um, what here is in the greatest danger? Though I think I might know the answer to that. Perfect. Yeah, those are the same question kind of here. Because as you start just like searching by like news articles to try to figure out who this hero was in the late 90s, in searching for that, you see a picture that comes up with a woman in costume, but you definitively recognize it. The woman, even though she's about 20 years younger, is in fact Francine Develine. The first thing we see in our next page is Amber throwing a fist at Anarchist. Amber, go ahead and roll to directly engage for me. Okay, I'm afraid. That's an eight. Awesome, choose one. Hmm. I want to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. Perfect. That fist comes right towards her face, and she grins and, like, backbends away from it. It misses her. It doesn't actually hit her. But as she comes up, she's like, you're not bad. I think I also had, like, when I was throwing that punch, some of the, um, there was kind of, like, some, like, smoky shadows, like, coming off of her fist just to kind of like rub it in a bit perfect yeah she does avoid it but she comes up and she smiles and she's like you're not bad i don't want to take the suit from you because you're a bad hero it's just that the suit is mine and after she says that she looks you in the eyes and she's like but the thing is i'm better and then she sweeps the leg and you fall onto your back Oof. and she stands over you and she's like get back up I don't want to just beat you to a pulp while you're on the ground. This is going to be a fair fight. I think Amber doesn't like stand back up, but like kind of flips so she's not like on her back, but more like on her stomach. It just goes straight for anarchist legs to knock her over. Sweet, go ahead and roll to directly engage again. Oh my God. When was the last time I missed on a directly engage? That's a three. Also, that fills my potential track. Woo! Uh, so you marked potential. As you reach for her legs, you, she steps on your wrist, and it hurts. And then she uses her other foot, leaving one fully putting pressure on your wrist, to flip you over so you're on your back again. And she says, no, Amber, I told you to stand up. Do you have Insecure marked? I do not. Uh, mark Insecure for me. Okay. And then she backs away from you. Your wrist hurts. It is not broken, but it's definitely hurt. And she... Like, moves to the center of the room and turns to face you. And Amber Amber gets up and goes to, like, face her in the center of the room and says, Look, it's cute that you think the suit still belongs to you after all this time, but things have changed. And Dante chose me. If you want the suit back, bring it up with him. And I would like to, I think, like, 
the light is hitting her so that way her shadow is like in front of her. And I would like to step into her shadow and just portal out of there. Portal out of the uh, training room? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm afraid. I'm trying to run from something difficult. You can do that. You're going to have to unleash your powers to get out of there fast enough. Okay. Otherwise, she'll get one last hit on you as you're like disappearing. Wow, that's a six. Mark potential again. Cool. I still need to pick an advancement. And as you are stepping into her portal and starting to disappear, she grabs your wrist, the same one that she hurt earlier. And for a moment, you're like suspended halfway in the portal. And she's like, that's right, Amber. Run, just like your boyfriend has so many times. And then she lets you go and you fall through the portal. Can I actually try to hold on to her and bring her with me? Yeah, sure. So we see you pull her through the portal. And there's a moment of just empty darkness. And then we turn the page and we see Max and Clara. And you two are now in a parallel panel from earlier. You are outside the door to Monarch Man's office. Okay. I think Clara has like a piece of paper and on it, it has like the password. But then also there's like another piece of paper that says like, it has like things I should say. And she wrote down like some things that she like bullet, like ways to um, talk to Monarch Man. And you two are in front of the door. What do you do? And Max looks at Clara. It's like, you take the lead. If you need me to step in, give me a sign. Thanks for being here. Of course. I'll knock on the door. Almost immediately, the door opens, and you two see a face you've never seen before. Uh, it's a woman. She's got shoulder-length black hair, bangs, green eyes. She's wearing a brown leather jacket and jeans, like a cool pattern t-shirt. Uh, she's Korean. She's probably about 18. And she's like, uh, hi, can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'm looking for a monarch man. Oh, of course. Um, Mr. Myers will be back in just a few minutes. Um, he just uh, had to run to have a quick meeting, but he should be back momentarily. Uh, is there anything I can help you with while you wait? Um, are you the new intern? Oh, I am. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name's Delilah. And she puts her hand out. Hi. Uh, nice to meet you. I will. Um... Clara like does like an awkward like goes for a handshake, but like misses. Perfect. Like really, so Claire's really nervous right now. So her her uh, body control like isn't quite what it usually is. Um, so she like her arm is like too long for a handshake by accident. Perfect. We can just wait for my uncle here. I don't think we need anything. And I'm gonna go like sit on the edge of his desk. She raises an eyebrow and then she's like, "Well, okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and do some uh, work. I'm just filing some files over here." Um, but I am happy to stay and be silent if that's helpful. Yeah, that's fine. Do uh, your thing and we'll do our thing, which is standing here. She smiles again and she's like, oh, okay. And then she starts filing some paperwork. And I think we get like six panels of like a full page of just panels of awkward silence with like the two of you in various positions around the room and her like filing paperwork in one corner. And then the door opens and Monarch Man a.k.a. Maximilian Myers, uh, steps inside. And he sees... Who would he see first when he opens the door? It's one of the two of you, probably not uh, Delilah, because she's in the corner. I'm likely in his chair, like, spinning at this point. Clara is looking at the space under his desk as if it is the sweet escape to hide under. She's just standing there looking at it, like, I wish I could be under that desk right now. Perfect. He opens the door, sees the two of you, and goes, well, this is a surprise. I, I brought the... I have the, um, uh, pass the code. Oh, uh, excellent. Um, do you have it written down or should I just have you give it to Delilah, uh, out loud? 
yeah, uh, it's um, it's like it's like a, a monarch a power with the O is a zero, and like both the O's are zeros, and the um, then there's an exclamation point and a dollar sign at the end. I think while this is going on, Max is realizing how nervous Clara is. Uh, gets up out of the chair and is like walking over to stand behind Clara, and like Squire runs up um, to stand next to Clara's leg. Perfect. You see Delilah like write that down, and then uh, Monarch Man stro- strides forward, and he's like, "Thank you, Miss Whitaker. I really appreciate that. How are you, Max? Your parents have been letting me know they're very worried about you. You're not living at home anymore, apparently. You know this." You put tracking systems in our ship. You you know what's going on. He cracks this like half smile and he's like, it must be so hard for teenagers when adults care about them. But I just want what's best for you, Max. Clara laughs. He snaps his head towards you. Is something funny, Miss Whitaker? So I was wondering, uh, since the uh, my internship, it seems like you've got my replacement. Um, uh, maybe uh, you could uh, sign my uh termination form are you resigning then well you hired a replacement for me i hired another intern i never said it was your replacement i was i was thinking about uh taking it uh leaving okay i will be sad to see you go you're a hard worker but i understand yes so maybe i could you know I, I just I'm, I'm thinking I, I want to uh, move on to new things and really take ownership of my own life. Is that a provoke? I I think maybe I, I I'm trying to ask him nicely. Yeah. What I was getting from that is that you wanted him to basically terminate the experiment and terminate the fact that he like has or that monarch power has like legal rights to you as a human. Yeah, that is what I'm. That is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, he read between those lines. Go ahead and provoke him. That's a Damn. 10! I got a 10! Guys, I got a 10! All right. He sighs, and he's like, uh, Delilah, can I have the room for a moment? And Delilah nods and exits. And then he looks at the two of you, and he's like, I assumed with all the other documents you had about Saber that you found that out. So I'm not surprised you want to terminate this relationship. I have really enjoyed working with you, but you're right. That is an experiment that should have been terminated a long time ago. Wow, that was a lot uh, easier than I thought it was going to be. Cool. All right. Well, um, so what do I do? Do I, you know, you can send me the paperwork in the mail and I can sign it. Is it like divorce papers? It's more like a transaction. I can't terminate this experiment as it is ongoing. But if someone else were to buy the rights to it and take the experiment from us, then that could be arranged. Yeah, I can. Um, I can talk to... I'm sure there's someone I can talk to about signing off on that. It'd be great if I had the rights to my own life. That would be cool. Or to the to my own experiment. I don't know everything that happened in the past. I'm not really the scientific mind. I just, let's be honest, I'm a figurehead for the company. But I do think what they've done to you and those other kids was wrong. Yeah. Wait, other kids? You mean Saber. Okay. Wait, you mean Saber, right? Go ahead and pierce the mask. Oh, I don't like this. I only I have a minus two because I'm angry and also I only I still I do have a plus one mundane so it's a minus one I have team there to help you if you need eight all right on a seven to nine ask one just deciding hang on 
what are you really planning would probably get you the closest there. Yeah, I think that's what I want. Like, I think it's like, like, what were you really planning? Yeah, exactly. He looks at you and he's like, there are about half a dozen of you that they did these same experiments on. You didn't know that? No! Uh, Clara doesn't say that. That was Rose. Um, uh, Clara, um, oh God. Um, Clara punches him in the face. Or like in the stomach. Or like somewhere. She just throws a punch. Go ahead and directly engage a threat. Damn. I'm not trying to like morally. Holy shit. <laughs> but I got a 15. I think you just punched him into oblivion. <laughs> All right. On a 10 plus choose two. I'll also, I'll also use, I just took uh, the thing with a collateral damage um, bull in a china shop. So I'll take three of those and All destroy right, choose three. in his room. Um, Punch him through the wall. I'm going to resist or avoid their blows. Uh, I'm going to take all three of the ones that aren't create an opportunity for your ally. Resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, and impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. He is immediately frightened. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take uh, some of his, some of his, some of his pride. I'm not, I'm not trying to like start a fight. I just, in that like extreme anger at learning that anyone else would have to go through the same thing that I did, and that. And that he would know about that and that anyone could know about that and not do something. I just punch him. I think what happens is I punch him like through the wall. And that's the collateral damage. I mean, you don't punch him through a wall. You hit him and he goes through the next four walls. Oh no. (laughs) There's a monarch man sized hole just (laughs) blown down the hallway. It's like in that scene in The Incredibles. (laughs) It's exactly that. And the room, like, the rooms all have dust from where everything got knocked and, like, rubble was blown aside. And heads just start popping and looking out towards you. Monarch Man doesn't seem like he's getting up at the moment. I just am gonna say, you know you deserved that. And then turn to Max and say, thank God you're nothing like him. Let's go. What was the new intern's name again? Delilah. Is she looking in at all? She is, yeah. Before we go, we're gonna need a few files. Also, if you don't want to intern here, you can just leave too. This is the worst place to work ever. Uh, the files first, though, please. Max, can you provoke her? Sure can. <clears throat> Not well. Oh, no. That's a five. She looks at you and she's like, okay, uh, what files do you need? And from there, we cut over to Lucy and Ben at the library. I hand over the, the, the scrap of paper that Mariah gave me. I ask Lucy, hey, do you happen to know this professor by any chance? Yeah. I think we all know who this is. And she um, explains to him the picture on the monitor and how Francine Develine is most likely Frankie and also her academic advisor. She doesn't know about like all this, like your your extracurriculars, right? No, she doesn't. I, I work very hard to try to keep those two parts of my life separate. Um, so yeah, I don't think she knows. I... I, I get that, but what if she does? Well, well, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, uh, it sounds like the only person who can answer both of our questions uh, is going to be maybe the lady who knows more about us than we think. Yeah. Um. How, how do you want to play this? Is she on campus right now? I, I don't think so. I actually was giving her daughter a tour earlier today. That's why I wasn't with you guys Um, when you found out about all of this. Uh, I mean, I could send her an email, set up an appointment. I don't know 
how to actually ask her the question without completely ruining my quote unquote secret. Like plenty of my friends know about me, but I feel like having an authority figure find out is, is uh, that's, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, how about this? What if we frame all the questions for me, right? Just so she doesn't like catch, just in case, you know, she doesn't catch wind of what we're trying to ask her for you right now. What if we ask her questions just, I, I mean, like for like my benefit, right? But like kind of like sneak your questions in. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe I I have access to her email, but I don't know if if, if the email is coming from my account, she might know. So. You can just say that you're asking for a friend or, or I mean, how about this? How about you set up a meeting with me, you, and her? Say that your friend has questions. He might be in a little bit of trouble. Put it all on me, right? We could also go the route that you are a student at a different university or you're, or you're wanting to apply to Moon Harbor and you're interested in the subject and you did your research. You know that she's a an expert and we happen to know each other put you in touch that sort of thing yeah i mean let's let's do it okay yeah i think this is our our best move it's gonna be it's gonna be a sticky situation but i think we can try to get around it yeah so i think lucy then just like pulls up her email and starts dictating what she's writing to ben to start to draft this email to figure out how they're gonna ask about this i'm gonna leave that one up to you while you're writing that email and you two are like deliberating back and forth, over your shoulder, Lucy, you hear like a voice clear their throat. I turn around. And it's Calvin. Calvin, for those of you who don't know, is Lucy's maybe partner. Um, he works at the internship with Lucy and also runs the school paper. Uh, and he's standing there. Hey, um, how are you doing? Oh, uh, this is uh, Calvin. This is my friend, Ben. Ben, this is Calvin, my, uh... Hey, Calvin, nice to meet you. And like, I immediately break in because I know that it's awkward. As somebody who hits on everyone, I know exactly where this is going. Calvin's like, uh, hi, Ben. Uh, hey, Lucy, it, it, how was your uh, J-term? We haven't really talked that much. How the uh, final guy? Oh, you know, I, you know, Dr. Develine is, she's, she's tough but fair. I think, I think everything went okay. How about you? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm shooting for like a C on that one. It was a little bit distracted uh but you know um uh, that's okay ben is just standing there real awkward t out of character how long has it been since saber takedown it's been a few months but in that time was winter break and like calvin was gone for most of the month of december got it basically we talked before saber takedown the kiss happened saber takedown happened and they kind of just haven't seen each other you guys were in the same J-term class. So you probably have seen each other a little bit, but it was a really intense class. So I don't think you uh, like have had time to talk about it. Excellent. Okay, cool. That's what I was hoping for. And he's like, um, do you actually, do you mind if we could go? Could we have like a, uh, just, just a quick, quick um, talk really quick, just like really fast? Yeah, sure. Ben, are you going to be cool to sit here for a couple minutes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he like kind of like leans over and whispers, are you going to be okay? Yeah, it's it's it'll, it'll be fine. And I gotcha. I'll be here. Excellent. Uh, and we're gonna follow Lucy and Calvin. And Calvin's like, uh, can I buy you a shitty vending machine coffee? Lucy laughs and agrees. And he goes, and it's one of those where it's like you put a dollar, the cup falls down, and then it like fills from the top of the vending machine. And he's like, here you go, shitty one dollar coffee with cups that are not nearly temperature resistant enough. 
World's best cup of coffee. I mean, uh, I have had many a good time with this cup of coffee. I think she stops him, like, puts a hand on his arm. She's like, I was referencing the movie Elf. He looks and he's like, oh, I was trying to figure out a way to ask you to be my girlfriend. Um, what? Uh, what? I think Lucy takes a second. She's kind of taken aback. But she's like, okay. Is that okay? Like, you're acknowledging that I asked the question? Or is that like, okay, yes, the answer to the question is okay. As in, like, I, I yes. think she, I think she literally just kisses him to shut him up. Perfect. And with that, we're going to cut back over to Ben. Uh, ben, you were sitting there and you were not in demon form, so you can't see, correct? Mm-hmm. You hear footsteps approaching you, and then you hear a voice say, Hello, Ben. You recognize this voice immediately as Alistair. Alistair Reeves. Oh, I'm just, I'm preemptively taking my jacket off. Mr. Reeves, uh, I can't tell you that it's great to hear your voice again. He chuckles and he's like, I'm not here to fight, so you don't have to worry about your whole transformation thing. I, I'm living in a new city. We are, we are very far from Halcyon. What are you doing here? That's actually why I wanted to reach out. Wanted to see how you're adjusting. New city, new home, new friends. I just wanted to make sure that everyone here is treating you well. Oh, God. I really want to transform and beat the hell out of him right now. And I feel like this session is the session to do it right now. If you want to, you can. Oh, but then it screws Lucy because everybody saw me with her. I really don't want to give her away right now. I mean, I'm not going to say I planned, but you know. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm not going to transform. I'm not, I can't, tra- I can't put Lucy in that, in that situation. So I'm not going to transform. So what did you want? Great. I get it. You're taking tabs on me. I understand. I still haven't taken one soul with this blade. Oh, I, I have gathered that. I just wanted to give you an out. Give me an out? You're, you're going to kill, you're going to kill scores of innocents. I, I, why would I ever willingly give the blade to you? He gets really close to you and you can like feel his breath on your face. And he's like, because I know the thing that you're most scared about is hurting that girl, the one from your dream. And <sighs> I just would hate it if something were to happen to her. Oh God, he's really pushing my buttons right now. I really want to transform and beat the hell out of him. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, I can't do it because Lucy's here. Um, oh, if you threaten any of my new friends, I will come for you with no restraint. I would never threaten children, Ben. I don't know what kind of monster you think I am. I'm just saying that you're starting to become more unpredictable. Your powers are violent, and the more you fight it, the closer you get to losing your humanity. I just think if you want to make sure nothing happens to them, you give me the blade. As this is happening, we get a couple panels of the blade in your ear, just like snarling, like, do it, give it, give me to him, give me to him. It is overwhelming. Calvin, does Calvin know about Lucy? Calvin knows about Lucy. Okay. Shoot. But you don't know I... that, but... Okay, I wouldn't know that either. Does Lucy have her phone on her? Lucy, do you have your phone on you? Yeah, it's probably in my pocket. Okay. Um, God. I'm gonna have to run. I have to run. I'm, uh, but then, in order to portal, I'm probably gonna need to pull up the sword. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to grab my jacket and leave as quickly as possible. He doesn't stop you. I quickly text Lucy, 
like, hey, I had to get out of here real fast. I'll tell you when we're back at C4. And then I think I would, like, when the coast is clear, like, I would try to get back to my sanctuary as quickly as possible. Perfect. Uh, we see you head off, and then we see Lucy and Calvin make it back, just as the text comes through. Uh, Lucy, as the text comes through, there's a notification on the computer where you're doing all the research that says uh, printing complete. And with that, we're going to cut back over to Amber. Amber, you just uh, pulled Anarchist through a portal. Where were you heading with that portal? We end up on the roof of C4, like on top of the spaceship, which since like it's cloaked, I'm sure looks kind of bizarre. Like kind of like we're standing on something invisible. Not kind of, we are standing on something invisible. Super high up in the sky. And Anarchist definitely like is unnerved by this moment. Like not fully knocked off her feet, but like unnerved. Cool. And uh, I would like to use my moment of truth. Oh, okay. (laughs) Go wild. This is the moment when you prove how much the mantle belongs to you. You seize control of all your powers, and you defeat even impossible odds to prove you are worthy of the name you carry. You accomplish feats even your predecessors couldn't do. Of course, after you prove something like that, you can can expect still more responsibilities to be placed on your shoulders. So, (laughs) we see Anarchist looking pretty, like, disoriented, and... Amber like stands a bit behind her to the side and we see Anarchist's shadow in front of her kind of like stretch forward and start to morph. And it starts showing like shadow versions of past events, probably um, directly replicating the images from panels from past issues. And we start to see things like both of the jailbreaks, Amber, Alan, and Clara going and breaking into the Saber facility, we see Amber, like, hunched over a computer, like, getting all of this research. We see the, like, the whole, like, Saber takedown. We see her, like, fighting with Glacier and, like, getting thrown back and getting back up again and again. And I think, like, while, we's, while like, we see all these panels, we also see, since we are up above Moon Harbor, we can see um, in the distance what was the Saber building. And I I don't think it's been like rebuilt. It's been like cleaned up, but there's still this wreck of a building. And as like we start to see Glacier falling with Amber and Dante holding on to her feet and like that teamwork, Amber steps around as like Anarchist Shadow goes back to normal and she steps in front of Anarchist and says, again, I do appreciate your help with spreading that information. But all of that information came from me. I gathered almost all of that with the rest of my team. I put it together into a readable format so that way you could spread it more easily. You just spread it. I said the words. I took down Saber. And if if what's being built up fucks up and does the same mistakes, I'll do it again. I earned this suit fair and square. And if you want, if you want it so bad, go crying to Dante. And then I think I want to not like totally like push her, push her, but just like push her into her own shadow and then we see anarchist kind of like flung forward and hit the ground on a pretty like busy sidewalk in the middle of downtown just i'm done with her and for my advancement i took someone permanently loses influence over you i'm done with her i'm better than her amazing all right what label are you locking that's a good question because they're kind of not great right now um i think I think weirdly enough, um, 
Well, actually, I'm torn between mundane and danger. Like my thought with mundane is that it's Amber just doesn't solve things well socially, but like danger also makes sense. I think locking something at a minus or at a zero or whatever mundane is, yeah. fine. Yeah, because my danger is at three right now. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna lock mundane. It's at a zero. What does the panel look like as like the panel cuts away from anarchist and cuts up to you standing on top of C four? Give me like the description of that panel. I think there's there's like a big a big panel of Amber standing alone on top of the spaceship and her shadow looks so much like longer than it ever has. And then we see her like run and jump off of the spaceship and we see her like falling into her shadow and going through. With that, we're going to cut away back over to Clara and Max. Max, you have the files. And Clara, you were trying to convince Delilah to quit Monarch Power. Are you doing that at Monarch Power? Are you like taking her somewhere? What is your plan? Um, I think I'm. I think as we're leaving, I'm just like, you should come with us. This is your chance. Whatever this guy has promised you, you're worth so much more. She looks at you and then looks back at the hole where Monarch Man was punched through a wall, and then looks back at you, and then she starts to follow you. Okay, cool. That's it. That's. I just wanted her to leave. Terrific. Let's get some smoothies. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Icy Sheets, T. Huth, and Elliot Peterson, and edited by Icy Sheets and Sean Geddes. Icy can be found on Twitter at Icy New Year or at icynewyear.com. T can be found on Twitter or Instagram at tphuth94. That's T-P-H-U-T-H-9-4. Elliot can be found at Elliot Yelen on Twitter. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-Y-L-E-N. Sean can be found at The Crumpet on Twitter. That's T-H-E-C-R-U- M-P-I-T. This issue is GM'd by T. Huth. The Blade of Sorrows is played by Jason Patrick Gallett. Jason Patrick Gallett, widely known in pop culture circles as JPG, is a pop culture critic and geek educator. His public speaking work with private businesses and outlets like Comic-Con International aims to enhance how people interact with media on an educational and inclusive level. You can find his voice on the podcasts like In Quest of Geek, providing your next pop culture journey, and Nerds on a Roll, an actual play tabletop RPG bringing stories that matter to the table. You can find those at Inquest of Geek and at N-O-A-R underscore podcast, respectively. JPG can be found at J-P-G. That's J-A-E-P-E-A-G-E-E on Twitter. Flyby is played by Jane Barry. You can find her at Jane minus Tarzan on Twitter. Rascal King was played by Icy Sheets. Rebel Rouser is played by Elliot Peterson. The Wild Thing is played by Rose Hahn. Rose is an actor, content creator, and mental health advocate. Her podcast, What Was I Saying? Living with ADHD, can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music, or on Twitter at what underscore was I saying. She can be found on Twitter or Instagram at SmileyRosie. S-M-I-L-E-Y-R-O-S-E-Y-Y-Y-Y. The music in this issue is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod. 
A link to his website and the license will be in the show notes. Moon Harbor Heroes is played using Masks A New Generation, written by Brendan Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on Patreon at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at moonharborcast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice or tell a friend. Five-star reviews and word of mouth are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. And thank you so much for helping us save the world. We'll see you next issue.